I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I couldn't believe that they actually brought in an ex-professional footballer to do my screen test. <laughs> Are you and I was like, me? Again, and I was terrified. Hey, hey, how are you? And welcome to Outside the Box. Now, this is a brand new podcast all about women in sport. My name is Becky Ives. I'm a TV presenter working in football. And let me just tell you, the idea for this podcast actually came from my social media feeds. I was getting so many questions through on Instagram and Twitter. And they were sort of saying, yeah, but how are you doing what you're doing now? I'd love to work in sport, but I just don't know where to start. So I noticed what you were saying. I thought about it. And you know what? The easiest way for me to answer this question, as a person, I'm always someone that doesn't do things by halves. I thought I'm going to make an entire podcast series about that question. So here we are. Fingers crossed this goes well. Uh, We know that women in sport is on the rise. So in this series, we are going to be hanging out with mainly women, not exclusively, but mainly women across a whole load of different job roles from TV directors and referees to social media content creators and football agents. So yeah, the plan here, we are going to share stories. We're going to offer some help and advice on how to get started, perhaps on the career path. We're going to play some games for good measure, because why not? We love a game. And just be super nosy finding out how my guests have got to where they are today. Because ultimately, I think the ultimate goal with all of this is that we'd love to see more women in sport. So if I can give you any sort of insight, then I am on board. I'm here for that. And I think I can say the same about my first guest today. Can I, Jules Breach? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me, though. It's good to be here and, and good to be involved and be the first guest. I know. How exciting. I know, you're setting the bar here, I hope Uh-oh. you know. Pressure's on, pressure's <laughs> on. But no, look, it's so great to have you on um, because we're going to start with a subject that we both know much about, TV presenting. I mean, you must get questions all the time about, oh my God, your job's really cool. How do you do that? How do you... And it's such an open-ended question, really, isn't it? Yeah, hearing you just say about how many times people drop you a message or ask you a question about... How did you get into that? Where do you start? How? Why? When did you decide you wanted to do it? And and sort of the pathway. And, and the real answer in a nutshell is there's no right or wrong answer. So that's the beauty of what you're doing, Bex, because every single person you speak to will tell you a different answer and they'll have a different story. And hopefully that just inspires everyone and encourages them mm. to, to to take that kind of leap because it, it it was a leap for everyone at some stage to kind of decide that they wanted to do this and, and take on that challenge. Um, and everyone has different ways that they got to where they are now. So hopefully I can share some inspiring stories. Um, let's just start. You've been working in football now. Is this your fifth season? Yeah, this is my fifth football season now, um, full time. Yeah. Um, and that's the key word there, full time. This yeah. is the fifth season that everybody has seen you fronting incredible shows like 
I mean, not to list off your CV because that's just embarrassing. <laughs> but like BT Sports Score, Premier League Productions, Opta Sport and Champions League. You work across a whole range of shows, across a whole range of leagues, not just Premier League. Um, you do another podcast, Football Ramble, as well, um, which are all incredible things, which you've now done over the last five years. So from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, Jules has just popped up overnight and now she's doing all these shows. So it's five years that people have seen. How many years has it been that people haven't seen? Well, this is crazy because when you even even saying five years, like time has flown by. I can't believe it's it's my fifth full-time season in in football and working on on the Premier League. That that just seems crazy when I think about it. And it's weird because you never really get a chance because this industry is so fast paced. But prior to that, I was working for about four years at my local radio station. Um, About two and a half to three of those years was working on the sports show on a Saturday. Um, And prior to that was probably another four to five years of working as a presenter, but not in football. Mm. So really, if we're talking about from the first day I worked as a presenter, that started back in 2008. Right. So we're talking 12 years now. Which is phenomenal. And yet people will only think you've done the last five. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 it doesn't go back. Let's let's actually go back and you make a really interesting point there. So you and I both are lucky enough now to work in football, which was the ultimate end goal. Yeah. Neither of us worked in football from the beginning. And sometimes you've got to take this path that takes you in various directions, keep a focus of where you want to end up, but you've got to go explore, do different stuff to gain the experience, the knowledge to be able to then end up where you've got to end up. You don't always just go straight into what you perceive to be your dream job straight away. You've got to find a way to it. So let's go back, 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 back. Did you always want to work in football? Yes. And I think that if I had the choice, I would have done it from the first day, but things don't really work out like that. Growing up, I've always been a huge sports fan anyway, and I played tennis competitively until I was 16. And when I was a teenager, well, actually, like if we go even further back than that, as a kid, when, you know, you always get asked by your parents or by, you know, family, friends, what do you want to be when you grow Mm. up? I wanted to be everything. Like you (laughs) name it, I wanted to be it. I went from wanting to become a vet to being a doctor. I want to be a pediatrician. I want to be a dancer. I want to be a singer. So you wanted to be good stuff. I just wanted to be a bus driver. That was literally (laughs) my life ambition at five years old. I just wanted to be anything to do with animals or like saving lives at one stage. And then I basically realized when I got to school and was doing all the sciences that I was really crap um, (laughs) and just not clever enough. So I was like, you know what? I need to focus on the things that I'm good at. And I was quite shy as a teenager in a weird way, but I liked performing I liked that kind of like having a stage or having a kind of thing to do that I was good at and so I then started looking at tv presenters and was like I'd quite like to be on telly like I'd quite like to be a tv presenter and so to marry up the two things and present football or present sport tennis or or any kind of sport of any kind then became a thing that I was like I dreamt of, but still at that young age, never really knew or thought I would be able to do it. And it wasn't until I was at university that you start to really think about your career at that point, don't you? And Mm. I was studying media at uni. And so we had to do a lot of stuff in front of camera, behind camera, learn about everything behind the scenes of how you make a TV show. It was then I kind of thought, you know what, I want to give this a go being in front of the camera. And it just went from there really. But what I was looking at on TV in terms of 
sports presenters was hugely male dominated. There Mm. was no female sports presenter. And I can still say it to this day that looking back at when I was 18, 19 at uni, there was not a single female sports presenter that I looked at and thought I could identify with. So when you see that, was then your motivation to be, I want to be a female that somebody else can then eventually identify with? Or were you just thinking, well, I really want to do that. I still don't really know how and like- Yeah, more the latter. Like there wasn't really, there was never really a goal for me to be like, I want to be this person in the industry that people look up to. For me, it was just, I really want to do a job that I enjoy. For me, it was like, the the one person I could sort of identify with was Sue Barker because Mm. obviously of her tennis background and watching her every year present Wimbledon and stuff was such a big thing. But in football, there wasn't really many females back then. And we're talking obviously like nearly 15 years ago now. And so it took quite a long time for me to kind of figure out how to get into it. And the one thing that really stuck with me was they're all a lot older than me. So when I was like finishing university at 21, I felt way too young to start applying for jobs in football because I felt like it seemed so much more grown up when the reality of it was if I started trying to get a career in football when I was 21, I may have got to this point sooner. I might not have done, but... So when you got to that point of being 21, what was the next step? So you've just done this media degree. Yeah. Perfect. And you're thinking, I really want to get into sports. Where do I go? What do I do? What did you do? Well, as I said, I kind of didn't really have any clue how to get into football. So I decided to just try the TV presenting route down another angle. I thought that maybe I needed to go into entertainment or music or um, children's TV. And so I just started looking for opportunities and I did a presenting competition for T4, which doesn't exist anymore. Shows our age Oh, that makes you feel old, doesn't it? Oh my Um, God. And... I got down to the last 10 girls in the UK in that competition. And one of the girls I met doing that was working at a shopping channel. And she was like, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I was like, I don't know, but now I've done this competition and getting to the last 10 was a real confidence boost for me because up till that point, obviously I'd never presented before. I didn't know if I was any good, but that gave me a bit of a boost to go, okay, well, you must be all right. There must be the last 10, there. there must be yeah. something there. So maybe I should give this a serious go. And so- my friend who I met doing that competition, who I made friends with, she was working at a shopping channel as a presenter. And she said, when you graduate, just give me a buzz. I'll see if there's any jobs going. And I was like, as if this is ever going to (laughs) happen. And it did basically. One thing led to another. And I got an audition there by the September and I'd graduated in the July. By September, I auditioned. By October, I was working on live TV on a shopping channel. Looking back now, I worked there for four and a half to five years. I was full-time there for about three. Was the best training ground for someone like me who had never ever worked in tv before yeah because it got you in a studio it got you auto cue i presume no no, no? auto cue but there were but listening to talk back yeah. so having an earpiece in being able to take direction from the gallery as well as speak at the same time and and just the basics that you need to work in telly and and just learning the more confident i got at that the more i was starting to apply for freelance jobs outside of the shopping channel And again, like still wasn't getting anywhere with the football stuff. I was writing to every single TV executive you can think of. I was just, it was, it was harder then as well, because nowadays it's a lot easier to find people on social media. It was still 
not a thing where you could just reach out and speak to someone on Twitter or, or Instagram. It was very much more uh, you find an email address and you email them and you wait ages for a response. And and how many no's did you get? I mean, m- more so than no's, I just didn't get replies. Yeah. Like you, you might email a hundred people and get 10 replies out of the hundred and nine of them are no and one of them's yes. And that's kind of how it works in the industry. You get- and, But that one makes all the oh, 99 God, it really it. does. It really does. And even though that one might not get you anywhere, it kind of just gives you another kick to kind of go, okay, well, if one person's replied, then maybe the next person and will. And it's networking as well. Yeah. You keep that address of that person that said a positive thing, don't you? And keep nagging them yeah. until they give you a job. Literally. <laughs> oh, we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, so moving forward, you've done the shopping channel and then you progress on to... So then I was freelancing for um, a couple of different production companies and just making shows for online. Nothing like too interesting. I worked for Foxy Bingo for a couple of years. I, I On the side of doing the odd presenting jobs because I wasn't working as a full-time presenter because I left the shopping channel basically and decided to go part-time because it just freed up time so I could have other opportunities because it's really hard to get opportunities unless you're available for them. So because I was full-time at the shopping channel, I had no spare time to go and do other stuff when I was asked to do it or when I had the odd opportunity. So it meant that I needed to go part-time in order to free up my diary so I could actually do little other jobs that Which I thought- Which is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Mentally to be like- And financially I need to, too. Yes, I need to pull back to go forward. Yeah, and, and that was the thing. So I was doing odd jobs here and there just to kind of keep the money coming in. So I was doing a lot of promo work and it was actually through a promotional agency who knew that I was also a presenter on the side that said to me, can you, um, can you go to the Stella McCartney flagship store? She's doing a- like a partnership with Adidas of some new yoga like clothing. And you were literally like, don't tell me anymore, I'm there. Absolutely. So they asked me to do the launch of this Adidas Stella McCartney partnership. And I thought this is the best thing ever. And because (laughs) also I was so desperate to work in sport, this for me was like the first sporty thing. Like if we're clutching at straws here, I was like, this is sports related in a way um, that I was doing. So I was like, great. That was my first little sports thing on my CV is, oh, I've done the launch for the Stella McCartney Adidas partnership. Which sounds incredible. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? And uh, I just ate all the free food and drinks. That was the best what day we're ever. Here for. What we're um, here for. But yeah, so it, it is funny because there are lots of little things like that that I was doing on the side. And then I went into my local radio station where I'd actually done some work experience when I was at uni and just said to them are there any opportunities I really want to present the sports show but I know you've got someone that does it but I'm happy to basically stick around and and work my way up and so they offered me one day a week kind of work experience type stuff um just working around the office making cups of tea and bearing in mind I'd already worked as a full-time presenter and and had been doing lots of other presenting on the side and, and stuff for kind of five years by that point this was like a real kind of, it was definitely a moment in my career which shaped everything that's happened now. Because if I hadn't done that and decided to actually go, do you know what? It doesn't matter that you've got all this presenting experience. Maybe you need to do this in order to get your foot in the door. Yeah. And that's what I did. So from doing that, eventually after after about a year of being work experience girl again, an opening came up on a sports show and I then presented that. And that's kind of, where my sports and my football career began. Well, that's where it catapulted you from really, wasn't it? It all started from there. But amazing you had that vision that you were like, I need to go backwards before I can go forwards. Well, it's weird. It kind of, I knew I wanted to achieve something and I knew it was going to be difficult to get there. 
but this was the way I thought I could do it. I was getting so many knockbacks and and stuff from from the bigger companies because I didn't have any experience. But that's this- the problem, isn't it? Everybody wants experience, but then you go, well, how do I get experience if no one takes a chance? And that is the big dilemma about how to get into these jobs. But I think- It's a catch 22, isn't it? Mm. Because you're like, how can I get the experience if you're not giving me it? But I also understand that you can't give me it because I've got none. <laughs> so, so that's why you've got to find different ways and just not give up with it because it might seem a little bit difficult. Absolutely. And so that for me was, let's go back to local radio. Let's see what the local radio and the local TV station can offer me. And through kind of just being really persistent and kind of badgering my boss all the time and just <laughs> saying, you know, I still really want to do it. And I just put I just put in loads of time, to be honest. I just spent any extra time I had. Can I go and shadow that presenter? Can I learn from that presenter? Can you teach me how to run a radio desk? And it was just through sheer determination that, and, and a little bit of lucky timing that the presenter for the sports show decided to go yeah. traveling, that the opportunity came up. But I wouldn't have had that opportunity had I not stuck around and kept learning and learning and, and trying to pick bits up along the way from the presenters that were there at the time. So how long did you do the sports show for? Um, I think it was about three years by the end of it. Two and a half to three years. And then you moved on from the sports show on to... Onto BT Sports Score. There we go. What a step up that know, is. Just a little bit. Um, terrifying, to be honest, at the time. But your meeting for BT Sports Score initially was actually about something else, wasn't it? And this was this is another thing about keeping what you want to do in your vision, but being prepared that you have to be flexible to sort of come Open around. up other doors. Yeah, yeah, basically. Because the original meeting you went for wasn't for football no not at all it was actually for a hockey job as you do (laughs) which I had zero experience in but um an agency who I was working with at the time um which is how we met funny enough we were both on the same agency's books and they were they knew that I was doing the sports show in Brighton and by that point I'd done a couple of other freelance jobs for ESPN online and like little bits and bobs nothing nothing major but just like a few little things that just added to my CV and they knew a producer at BT and and he said, oh, you know, like there's there might be some some work on the hockey this summer. Do you have anyone? And they said, oh, let's introduce you to Jules. So I went along to this meeting. And by that point, I had been fortunate enough that I'd also had a meeting at Premier League Productions, which is such a, if you don't know what Premier League Productions is and you're listening to this, um, I didn't know what it was when I went for the meeting. And I'm actually kind of glad I didn't because I didn't put any pressure on it. I thought Premier League Productions, is this some like online company that just makes a few videos on YouTube or something? And I I looked it up as I always do before any meeting to see what they were like. And I couldn't really find anything online anywhere. So I kind of went to this meeting thinking, okay, it must be some like new startup company that makes a bit of Premier League content. How wrong could How wrong I could have been. And (laughs) I turned up to this meeting and was like, oh my God, I'm actually at the Premier League headquarters. This is amazing. Um, And... I was fortunate enough that I had a couple of screen test shows. I'd done a couple of live shows for them on a show called Fan Zone just before I went to this meeting about the hockey job for BT Sport. And so because I was super excited about those two shows I'd done for the Premier League, it was one of the first things I said to this person who I met from BT. So this producer I met with, the first thing he asked me was, oh, what have you been up to? And that week I'd done a show for Premier League Productions. So I said, oh, well, I've been doing this show for Premier League Productions. Oh, right. So you're into football then. Da, da, da. So that got us talking about football. We end up spending 50 of the 60 minutes in our meeting <laughs> just talking about football. 
And by the end of it, I kind of looked at my watch and I thought, oh God, we've got 10 minutes left and we've not even talked about the hockey. I've got away with this one. And um, and he just said to me, look, I know we were meant to be talking about hockey, but I've actually got something else in mind for you and it's football related. And that's all he told me. He just said, look, I'll be in touch. I'll try and sort out a screen test for you at BT Sport for a football show. And within the next two weeks, I had a screen test in the world's biggest TV studio you've ever seen. It is mad big. Terrifyingly big. So big. At the time I walked in and I was, it was quite daunting. I'm not Can you imagine lie. though, if you hadn't done the experience in the shopping channel and the radio sports show experience, if you hadn't had all those experiences, walking into somewhere like the BC Sport School studio, seeing that space, seeing everything going on, it's just terrifying. Yeah, it was. And I was like, oh my God, this is this is actually quite a big deal. And it's at that moment you realise, <laughs> okay, I get now why I've had to go around the house yeah. to do this because I couldn't have done this if you just walked in. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, so that screen test happened. And I also screen tested with David James of all people. And I was like, they, I, could, I couldn't believe that they actually brought in an ex-professional footballer to do my screen test. <laughs> Are you and I like, was like me? Again, and I was terrified. I was, because I didn't, hadn't, hadn't really had the experience of working with many ex-players by that point. Yeah. I'd worked with a couple on those two Premier League shows I'd done. And after the screen test, I knew it had gone well. You know, sometimes you just know something's gone well. You get but a I still didn't get my hopes up because I thought this is too big for me right now. And um, yeah, within a few, few days, they said, we want you to do this job. We still can't tell you who you're working with or what it's going to be really, but you're going to do a, a Saturday afternoon results show. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you were like, this I, is yeah. my first full season in football. And at the same time that that happened, it also married up with the Premier League offering me a contract for my first full season with them doing that show that I'd only freelanced on a couple of times. Yeah. So those two really big pivotal kind of career moments happened in the space of the same month. Which is incredible. Throughout this podcast series, I've decided we're going to switch up the game a little bit. Okay. We all work in sport. We love sport. Um, sport has a competitive element to it. Oh, and you know, I'm one of the most competitive people I was in the about world. to say, <laughs> I know the answer to this before I even ask it. How competitive are you, Jules? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Very. On you a scale really of one to ten, ten. Okay, so every guest I've got coming on this podcast is going to play this set of games. Uh, well, I'll be top of the leaderboard today, so <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> you're, you're, you're about to set the bar. I love it. Okay, for what is to come. Um, I'm going to keep a track of the scores on my um, highly sophisticated scoreboard over here, which consists of a piece <laughs> of paper and a pen. Big budget here outside the box. I thought that we are going to play games just throughout, just throughout the podcast. So good luck with this. This is your first clip i'm ready i'm gonna play you this one um so with this one 
it's going to be worth five points because I've just magically made up that number on the spot. And this is a career moment. Okay. For you. Okay. I want you to see if you can recognize the career moment. Uh, tell me about it. What do you think about it? Do you recognize it? Any thoughts, feelings, emotions that you may have okay. from this moment? How do you feel? Later on, we'll be live at the Etihad for Pep Guardiola's first Premier League match. Yeah, before that, though, there are five three o'clock games that all throw up their own stories. We've already seen Hull beat Leicester, but how will another of the promoted teams, Middlesbrough, get on this afternoon? Four debutants for them as they host Stoke at the Riverside. Well, firstly, Middlesbrough are in the Premier League, as are Stoke, so that's weird. Right? <laughs> um, that was my first ever day. Yes! It was. Oh, you'd say that, that. The only reason I know that is because I remember that outfit. <laughs> you know why? Because it took me forever to decide what to wear. You can imagine like your first day on national TV in the UK. But I just remember so much about that day. I was so nervous, so nervous. But that that was my very first line that, yes, on that BT was Sports Score. line. Yeah. And, and I remember how terrified I was to walk down those stairs. I remember when you my- You had some killer heels on there as well. <laughs> I always do, because I'm five foot two. But <laughs> my director, I remember in the rehearsal, we had a rehearsal, we had quite a few rehearsals actually leading up to the first day because it was a brand new show, brand new studio. So there was a lot of build up going into it. So by this point, me and Mark had met each other a few times. We'd been for lunch a couple of times. And we'd, we'd done this run through a few times in the studio. And I remember when Kylie, my director, first said to me, you've got to walk down the stairs for your first line. I was like, I hate you. I actually <laughs> hate you. Um, but I love her to bits, really. But that was terrible. That was, I was more scared about that yeah. than anything. Because I was like, imagine my opening line on BT Sport and I fall down the stairs. That would be so me to do that. But luckily I managed to get away with it. Then all the nerves of it being the first day and all the pressure you put on yourself and knowing that all your friends and family are watching. Um, but yeah, that's really nice watching that back, actually. It was actually all right, wasn't it? You were actually really good. You looked... <laughs> I thought it was going to be terrible. No, you looked so confident with it. And you just looked like this absolute female boss that turned up in this studio. And it was just like, yes, but... I think Inside, was... I was dying. No, but also what's <laughs> quite a moment is this was five seasons ago and you were the only female in that studio. I was, indeed. And, and obviously things have come along quite a bit since then because... Mm. I remember the first female pundit we had was Alex Scott and it was way before she'd done anything for Sky or the BBC and BT were the first, our show was the first um, show to have Alex Scott on as a pundit. And I remember when that happened and then we also had Enya Luko on soon after that and then Karen Carney a season later and there are now a lot more and Rachel Brown Finnis, of course, who's been with the show not quite since day one, but she's been close. Certainly since the first season, I think she she's done with us as well. And they're all amazing women. And um, yeah, that it it's changed quite a bit since when I first started. But yeah, the only girl in that studio, and amongst like a lot of big characters as well, like Robbie Savage and Chris Sutton. I think John Hartson was there on my first day. I'm trying to remember. Harry Kuehl might have been one of the guests. Jermaine Genus. Yeah, you are right. It was yeah, all that. Like, she's that was, got a great memory. Yeah, so Goodness. it was. Um, a lot of them still work on the show now, obviously. Were you intimidated? Um, yeah, definitely. More so more so in, in the green room. That first initial meeting is way more intimidating than when you're on air. They know you and your co-presenter are in charge. So it's a little bit easier once you're on air. But actually, 
the green room and the first meeting and getting to know everyone and hoping they take you seriously and hoping that because that's a big thing definitely as a hoping, female yeah because let's face it, it's been a male dominated sport for years and years and years and females coming through especially female presenters within football has only really started to change massively in the last five years definitely did you ever feel oh god i'm walking into their world yeah definitely i did but i was like so excited to be part of it so all of that kind of laddie kind of speak and 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 that type of environment didn't doesn't intimidate me it was more the people because well, to flip they were it around, people yeah to that, flip it around were they welcoming of you very much so actually i've been i've been really lucky in in all of the workplaces i've i've worked in that I've never felt uncomfortable around anybody. Like right. they, everyone's been super welcoming and really lovely. Um, and I think because it was a new show that might've helped because everyone was in a, a new environment. They were asking me a lot of questions. Oh, what do we do with this? What do we do with that? So it quite quickly became comfortable, but certainly the very first day walking in and meeting anyone for the first time, it's just a general like, Ooh, like butterfly nerves. Yeah, it's type like the first feeling. day of school again. Yeah. It's the best way yeah. to describe it, isn't it? Yeah, but you it just wasn't... hope you get through it and no one nicks your lunch. Yeah, you exactly. And you can be like, yes, that was a successful exactly. first day. It quite quickly became like my second home. And so once the first few shows were out the way, I think it it, it felt a lot you more comfortable. And and before you know it, you these ex footballers start walking through and you just don't even you don't even think anything of it now. You're just like, Oh, they're just people. Yeah. Whereas at the start it was very different. Do I get five points? Yes, you do. Yeah. I've written a big number five Thank on my uh, high-tech scoreboards over here. Like the way I reminded you there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Don't miss my five points, babe. I know, you're a stickler for rules, isn't that like <laughs> you? Um, things that have ever gone wrong on air. Does it happen to you often? I'm like, it happens to all of us, especially when you speak so much as the TV presenter. I think my classic was I was in full flow of something. I was talking about Crystal Palace defender Gary Cahill and it came out as Harry Gayhill. <laughs> and it was <laughs> one of those things that came out. I was like, I've just said that, haven't I? Definitely. <laughs> and then the gallery in my ear started laughing. So I started trying not to laugh and it was just a nightmare. Have you ever had slip ups, anything like that? Yeah, it's- I mean, it always happens because some are funnier than others and some people don't even notice because mm. they're so quick or they're not a bigger deal because every, you know, we're all human beings. Even the best broadcasters, the top broadcasters in the world make mistakes because it just happens. But um, you are a yeah. top broadcaster. Oh, thanks. A hundred percent. I'm so glad you said that though, that oh, sometimes God. top broadcasters make ah. mistakes. Talk us through what happened here, Jules. I know what you're going to show now. Oh, yes. Oh. Oh. Sorry. It's all right, Jules. What's happened? Sorry. Replay, I'm getting a bit excited, but it's the replay. I mean, let's be clear, this happened live on out on a Saturday afternoon. I love that. It's time to take a break. Um, can I just say, Paulins is such a wind up as well. He loves winding me up about anything. Um, and as soon as it happened, you could see the joy in his face. He was like, yeah, you made a mistake. Um, <laughs> what did you do? So basically what happened was... Um, on BT Sports School, we all have these monitors in front of us and then they're split into four screens on each monitor. So you've got four separate things. And the top screen is whatever you choose for it to be. So whatever football match you want to watch. And the bottom screens are replays that you have no control over. So someone in the gallery will be chucking in replays every now and then so that any of the guests or the presenters can see them. And uh, it was half time. And I should have known because it was halftime, but I clearly was just had a zoned out moment. (laughs) 
And uh, I glanced up to my TV screen and Glenn Murray had scored a goal. And I thought, yes, we've scored. And realized then it was obviously a replay. And it, was, <laughs> it wasn't a goal. It was just a replay of the goal from the first half. But it only just gone half time in my defense. I just hadn't realized it was half time yet because I'm an idiot. Um, and it was hilarious. But do you know what was so funny about that day is that it was a really, it was a really flat first half. Like there wasn't a lot going on. And so we really need, I think you hear in the clip, Mark says at one point, we really needed that. He did, that. yeah, we really, we really needed, needed that. Because like, it just made everyone laugh and, and got everyone's energy back up. Yeah. Um, and it was absolutely hilarious. I was so embarrassed though. Like I, it's <laughs> it's very difficult to get me red because I'm quite tanned. Um, but oh my God, I was so, re- I know I was red. I don't look that red on camera, but inside I felt like I was a bright tomato no. absolutely yeah. um, you don't get any bonus points for giving us that answer oh, but it what? was a very good is that answer, not part of the though. quiz no it's not oh. but this is it moves us on nicely uh sport all about quick thinking you've got to adapt to your ever-changing environment you know all that with that in mind we're gonna do a quick fire round of questions okay, okay? I'm gonna get my clock out here we're gonna have 45 seconds on the stopwatch the game is called the wrong answer is right and yeah, all you have to do, get the answer wrong. Right. So you'll only get a point if the answer is wrong. So here we go. In three, two, one. Name the Brighton manager. Roy Hodgson. Name an Olympic sport. Come on. Anything. Quidditch. Yeah. <laughs> How many players make up a football team? 100. Correct. Uh, what sport did you say Bolt compete in? Oh, tennis. If only he did. If you come first in a competition, what colour medal do you get? Bronze. How long is one half of a game of football? 75 minutes. How many Lions are on the England badge? 70. Name the current Premier League champions. Leicester City. Whoa. What does VAR stand for? Virtual Augmented Reality. (laughs) What sport does Tom Daly compete at? Basketball. And that is your time. You are. Oh my God. I could not think of any sport that wasn't in the Olympics. Is that That was a really hard one. What did you say in the end? Quidditch. Harry Potter fan? Yeah, no. Never. I've not watched any of their films. How many did you get? How many did you get? 10. Thank there we go. you. There we got yes. 10 from our independent adjudicator over there, Adam, <laughs> who's helping wonderfully with this podcast. Thanks, Adam. 10. 10 That's not 10. too bad. Lovely. We've had a good laugh about this, but if anybody is listening to this and they are thinking, I would really like to present, I really want to get into this. I love sport, but like all of us, I don't know how to do it because neither you or I actually... And I'm saying there's absolutely nothing wrong with this, but neither you or I knew anybody that worked in sport as a TV presenter. We don't have an uncle that was a player. We don't have a cousin that did this. I just wanted this podcast to say to people, this is achievable. They can do it. Anybody that wants to do this job and has the passion and the knowledge can do it. But what advice do you think that we could come up with together to give people a starting point? For me, I would say that the one thing you absolutely need to have is determination. Although it was great working for my local radio station, I got paid £10 an hour to do a four-hour show. I got paid 40 quid. And that was my only presenting job. And if if I hadn't gone out and then got myself promo work on the side, I'd have literally earned £40 a week. No one can survive on £40 a week. Like, that's just not sustainable. I was fortunate that I was living in a family home, so I didn't have really high bills to pay. And that I was able to get other work doing promo jobs and bits and bobs that helped me out. But 
it like it's having that determination to never give up yeah and to keep knocking on doors and keep asking for for experience and keep pushing yourself to do it what things would you say people could practice though knowing what we know now so we sometimes use auto cue sometimes we don't so i mean people can practice doing that sort of thing without actually being in a studio one thing that you always say to me and you and i have conversations chats about this even though we still work in the job like research yeah is key is it knowledge is power all that type of stuff like you say it all the time oh we're driving we put talk sport on we do that like yeah. we just constantly immerse yourself and i think that's really important isn't it just to immerse yourself in whatever you want to present definitely you have to be passionate about it you have to love it if you don't if you don't love football don't work in it because otherwise you'll get caught out like you you won't get anywhere by just saying i want to work in football because i support Manchester United you're not going to get anywhere just knowing about Manchester United you want to work for the Premier League you need to know every single club in the Premier League you need to be interested in every single club you need to be interested in all areas of football hearing other people's opinions talking to your mates about it just constantly soaking it up and if you're passionate enough about it and the knowledge is there and you then put in your own bit of practice then you can do it and and I think that you have to get comfortable with knowing what you sound like so that you know what other people are hearing. Do you think it's important as well to know, have your direction, know what you want to present and know how you present yourself as a product or a package to a director so they know. So if you go in there and you're not sure on what you are or what you're doing, no director's going to go, oh yeah, we'll take a chance on you. They're going to sit there nervous and be like, okay, you need to figure out, you need to do you, figure out what you want to present, who you are and then come back to me. I think that's that's the same in any industry though, isn't it? Mm. Like you have to have a clear direction of what you want what you want to achieve and then hopefully someone else will believe in that and will believe in you and then that's when you get those opportunities then you hope that one day there is someone that believes in you and I was just fortunate enough that I met a couple of those people so far in my career and yeah but you worked hard for it yes absolutely but you also have to hope that someone else sees that in you and they see how hard you've worked and and I know that part of the reason why BT took a chance on an unknown presenter that kind of came out of nowhere just working on her local radio station was because I was doing my journalism masters at the time and I was so passionate and so driven and I know that that was something that my producer who I met saw in me and saw that I took it seriously and so unless you're serious you're driven you care and you're nice to people. I think, I think that's, that's so such important. an important thing. Like, just be people nice. have to like you. Mm. Otherwise, they're not going to want to work with you. And you have to just be nice to everyone. I, I, I remember when I was a runner, when I was at uni and I got a couple of opportunities working as a runner for Talkback Thames on Britain's Got Talent, funny enough. Um, you the, really have worked every the, job, haven't you? God, I really have. <laughs> the associate producer of that, I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, be nice to every single person you meet because... The runner that you work with today might be the director of the company in 10 years time. And it's so true because there, Bam, are, so many, there are so many people you meet along the way who even like now I can say, like when I first started working at the Premier League, there were people who were runners that are now directors. It is a really lovely industry to work and there are so many nice people and getting there, you've still got to be nice to people and, and be liked. And that's an easy skill to be able to do. <laughs> All right, Jules, this is, we're going to play one last game. Okay. This is your opportunity. I'm winning so far, aren't I? You are winning. <laughs> you you get the bragging rights right now. That's it. what you're playing for with all of this FYI. That's why I chose to go first. Yeah. 
It's a really easy quiz is this one. Um, I thought hard about the name of it and I came up with how well do you know yourself? Oh, okay. I know. So, I mean, it does what it says on the chin. <laughs> All these questions I found the answers to on your Instagram page. Ooh. So they are things. So stalking I, me. Eh? I absolutely stalked you. But I want to see how many you okay. can get right. Okay. You ready? I'll put 45 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Which uni did you graduate from when studying? University of Sussex. Oh, I hadn't even finished the question. Uh, your first show with Premier League Productions was Fan Zone in January 2016, but who was your first Joe guest Pierce. on the show? At the end of the 2019-20 season, how many co-hosts have you worked with in the studio of BT Sports Score? Oh, stop it. Uh, <laughs> how many, co- as in pundits? No, oh. just co-hosts. On BT Sports Score? Yes. Oh, two. Ooh, I would say three. Three! Can you name them? Three. Oh, yeah. Matt Smith. Yeah. Mark Pugach. Yeah. Jeff Razor. There we go. I won't ask which one you forgot. Where were you based in the 2018 FIFA World Cup? Australia. You're a huge Brighton fan and went to the Amex when they won promotion to the Premier League in 2017. Who did Brighton play? What was the score? 2-1. It was. In 2017, you worked with Tag Ur and put Marcel Desailly in which other Who? Oh, Perez. Perez, that's the one. You worked at Juice <laughs> FM in Brighton. The time has gone out the window. I'm going to oh, carry okay. on. Go. You worked at Juice FM in Brighton. What radio frequency number followed Juice? 107.2. Correct. You love tennis. You're a great tennis player. You went to watch the ATP finals in London at the O2. Which player did you get selfie with and you bust ah, about Andy it? Murray. Days afterwards. Yes, yes. she did. I'm impressed. That was all right, wasn't it? I've got a good memory, though. You have. Although, <laughs> Mark Pugach, Matt Smith, or Jeff Rosier, which one did you forget? I forgot Smithy. Oh. Because it's been so long. That was first season. That it was. He was uh, co-host. He did a cover of show with Smithy. you. Smithy. I know. <laughs> I love him to bits as well. He's going to hate me for that. Oh, gosh. I'll send him just the link <laughs> yeah. so he can Also, I got Pirlo and Perez confused. You did. Should have known it was an stuff. Arsenal edge. I know, Pirlo is who we saw at a Christmas party one year. See? That's why. Yeah, That's why. so we did meet him. Also got a selfie with him. We absolutely <laughs> did. <laughs> Jules breached the selfie queen. Selfie queen. Um, how many points did you get at the end of that? Do we have any idea? Let's go 11 points. Thank you, Becky. Yay. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> you can have 11 <laughs> We like Adam. He can come again. Um, so, oh <laughs> gosh, this is now maths. 10, 11 plus 5. The answer to that. Anyway. 26. There we go. 26. I'm good at maths as well. Jules, I know, right? <laughs> 26 points. That is the benchmark for this quiz round series. That's I'm pretty, quite happy with that. That's pretty high. Yeah. I think that's going to be quite a number to beat. I really do. But Jules, look, thank you so much. The last thing I want to finish on... Um, and it's the sentence that I'm going to ask everybody to do. Um, I'm going to start the sentence and I want you to finish it in as many words as you want, as little as you want. Okay. However you want to answer it is entirely fine. No right or wrong. Women in sport are powerful. Drop the mic. I feel like that's all that needs <laughs> to be said there. I didn't really know where else to go with that, but that was the first thing that came to my head. Yeah, and cool. I think that we are. And I think that there is definitely a change in the industry Certainly in the last five years since I've worked in football full time. And at the start, it was very much like there was a, there was encouragement to get more women working in football. Whereas now, I think there is way more opportunity for women to work in football because more women are seeing that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an available platform for them to work on where maybe before they hadn't seen it as something that they could do because there weren't many females doing it. I think even looking back five, 
six, seven years ago, it was very much, oh, you work in football because you look pretty and we need a pretty girl that, that, that can read an auto cue. It's not like that anymore. There are so many strong, powerful women that work in football that are just as good, if not better than their male counterparts. And long may that continue. Amen, sister. Preach. <laughs> Look, Jules, thank you. Preach so- for the breach. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hashtag, is that? Um, and do you know what? That is where we're going to leave it. Thank you so much. Yes, I really want more women Thanks for having me. No, thank you so much. It's been awesome. Jules, preach. Thanks, Beck. Thank you so much for listening to Outside the Box with me, Becky Ives. Make sure you subscribe, share far and wide, and please feel free to leave me a review. Let's keep this conversation going though on social media. Just use the hashtag outside the box pod. Next up, we'll be speaking to Phil Neville. But in the meantime, feel free to get in touch with any comments or questions, anything I can help you with. You can drop me a shout at Becky underscore Ives underscore on Twitter or at Becky Ives official on Instagram. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.